Hello and welcome. UVA Speaks is a podcast of Lifetime Learning, a division of the Office of Engagement at the University of Virginia. Lifetime Learning brings the knowledge and expertise of UVA's faculty to the university's alumni, friends, and families. My name is Susan Lynch, and I am the Associate Director of Lifetime Learning at the University of Virginia's Office of Engagement. This podcast features two staff members in UVA's Licensing and Ventures Group, Joshua Maudlin and Matthew Reynolds. Josh is a licensing manager who works predominantly with technologies and biomedical science and chemistry and is responsible for evaluating the patentability and marketability of assets created from UVA research. He holds a PhD in cell biology from the University of Virginia and works with UVA's departments of biology, biomedical sciences, chemistry, medicine, physics, statistics, and the Bernie B. Carter Center for Immunology Research. Matt Reynolds is a venture associate in UVA's Licensing and Ventures Group. Matt joined UVA in January 2020 and is responsible for identifying new ventures within the university portfolio, working alongside the licensing team and contributing to the success of the seed fund. Matthew holds a PhD in neuroscience from the University of Virginia and has held research fellowships at Johns Hopkins, Penn State, and the University of Pittsburgh. So thank you, Josh and Matt, for being here today and telling us about the important and interesting work that you do along with your colleagues at the Licensing and Ventures Group. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. So, Josh, let's start with you. Uh, Can you explain a bit about the mission of the UVA Licensing and Ventures Group and also explain what technology transfer is all about? Sure. The UVA Licensing and Ventures Group is the technology transfer office for the University of Virginia. We manage all of the intellectual properties generated at the university through the research endeavors of all the faculty, staff, and students that um, partake in university research. UVA Licensing and Ventures Group was founded as a 501c3 nonprofit foundation back in 1978 which actually predates the Federal Bayh-Dole Act that allowed universities to take ownership of federally funded inventions. Um, A lot of universities didn't have a tech transfer office until after the passage of that act in 1980. And the UVA office actually predates that, showing the commercialization of university research been on the forefront of universities' focus for a number of years. Um, In a general sense, Tech transfer is just the transfer of knowledge and information from one party to another in a university setting that can take place via publications of manuscripts, presentations at scientific conferences, teaching of courses, educated students entering the workforce in in a variety of manner like those. Um, what we're talking about in the tech transfer office is a more formal relationship where we're licensing technologies to third-party companies that develop the products and services that bring university innovations to the marketplace, allowing the public to benefit from products, goods, and services that were developed in the university, oftentimes using um, federal money to support those inventions. Okay, great. So how is technology transferred? So what are the typical steps in the process? It always starts with research. Um, The scale of a tech transfer office is generally scalable with the size of the research focus of the university. UVA, I think last year, um, did over $500 million in 
research, which um, led to in a general year, we get anywhere from about 200, 220 invention disclosures across grounds. Um, and it all starts with the research. So when people are doing research, they come up with inventions, discoveries, and they reach out to our office because they think there might be some kind of commercial applicability of whatever they've discovered. Um, the licensing team consists of um, four licensing professionals currently, each with a domain-specific expertise. We have one person that Mark Ottinger, who works on the engineering and physical sciences portfolio, Heather Young in our office manages the biomedical engineering and medical devices portfolio. Um, myself and Courtney Michelle manage uh, the life sciences portfolio and disclosures are assigned to a particular case manager according to where it falls within those categories. And then we follow up with the inventors and have a discussion about what the discovery is, the invention is, what the commercial applicability is. And we come up with a game plan for protecting the intellectual property, if that's appropriate, filing patent applications and what the timing of that process will be, what the focus of the claims in the patent applications will be directed towards. And then we start putting together marketing materials. These are um, pitch decks if you like, that we share with prospective partners to get them interested in the technology to make them want to learn more and think about making products and services that incorporate these technologies into their own um, product catalogs. Once they're interested, they will then negotiate license agreements where the license, um, if you're familiar with leasing a car or renting an apartment, it's a similar process where the university retains ownership of the intellectual property, but is granting the rights to develop those properties into products and services to the company. Um, so it's, it's similar to leasing a car or renting an apartment. And we negotiate those agreements. Um, they're all technology specific, industry specific and company specific. Um, and then once those agreements have been finalized, the company takes on further development of the technology that could include additional sponsored research at the university, additional developments at the university. But by and large, at that point, the company is doing the final push to make um, the products and services that incorporate the technology. And then once they reach the marketplace, um, if they're successful, there's generally some kind of financial revenue flowing back to the university that gets dispersed to the inventors, their labs, departments, schools, and the university. So why would a researcher want to participate in the technology transfer process? It certainly sounds like it's a long process. So that makes sense to me that they, that they would want to get help with that. It can definitely be a, a long process. Patenting can easily take five to seven years um, from when you first file an application to when a patent is granted. Commercializing technologies can, can vary wildly in how long it takes, but for a you know, pharmaceutical drug, it can easily take 10 plus years to go from the laboratory to um, the marketplace due to all the clinical trials necessary to show safety and efficacy. But if a, a researcher really has an interest in their work being impactful towards human society and the human condition, 
Um, a lot of times patenting and licensing is really almost essential that if companies are going to be investing their time and efforts to bring a product to market, they want some kind of assurance that another company is not going to be able to piggyback on their own development and then just make a copycat product that um, they can sell for less because they don't have to recoup the investment that the original company put into it. So the patenting system is really important for driving um, development of new products. And so inventors wanting to get their technologies into the marketplace, it's, it's really key. Um, it gives a lot of financial and uh, academic recognition to the work that they've done that their peers are going to see, hey, you know, this person developed technology that's now in a product and it's actually impacting lives. Um, there may be obligations from a research funding agreements that say you have to go through this process to bring the technologies to market. Um, it can create educational opportunities for students and lead to further uh, the research in their own lab. Got it. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. So, Matt, on to you. Um, how is an investment from the seed fund different than grants or other research funding sources? Yeah, it's a good question. So, I think the, the main goal with the, starting the seed fund here at LVG was to really build on the prior university um, investments that they we make in innovation and translational research and all the com commercialization efforts that Josh and the licensing team um, put put alongside these uh, faculty founders um, in their work. And so it was a commitment from the university for uh, a $10 million seed fund to um, help invest in these early stage um, startups surrounding these technologies. Um, and it's, it's really an ecosystem with early stage development that um, there's there's a gap that really ex exists from where the, the government funding of basic research ends, where the NIH grants and the NSF grants that these faculty members are getting for their work um, to create these new discoveries, um, funding that early development. Um, there's really a gap from that point to where companies or investors are going to look at the technologies and, and, and say that they're really worth putting in the more um, investment dollars in to develop the, the marketplace opportunities surrounding these discoveries. And so the seed fund is really there to help um, the gap. And, and our funds go in to startup companies rather than directly into the labs. Um, oftentimes with, with our investments, faculty members are still part of that founding team. And so some of those, those investment dollars do come back to the university in the form of research agreements between a company and um, a research lab. The main goal really is to address this commercialization opportunity around any particular investment um, or, or around this discovery that's been made in the lab um, and to push that out to really either scale up that um, opportunity to, to have it become a product that can get into people's hands um, or to push development if it's say like a therapeutic or medical device, really push that progress through the stage of regulatory approvals um, or clinical trials um, to the point where at the end, there's going to be a larger um, partnership or a strategic partner that's going to come in and um, pick up the, the, the stage of development that's going to you know, require even more investment dollars. 
it's really been identified across the country. A lot of universities are seeing that, you know, these technologies can can flounder in this in-between stage, this, you know, they call it the valley of death, um, where the, the, the discovery dollars coming in from the National Institutes are ending, but investors really aren't comfortable saying that this opportunity has been de-risked enough to put their money towards. And so the university is really saying, you know, I think with the seed fund commitment that, you know, we believe in these technologies and we see this opportunity to take really, you know, high value assets, high value discoveries that um, are happening all the time in the university and push them forward so that they're, you know, at a point where investors can really come together and, um, and take that, take that forward so that it really gets into the hands of the clinicians or um, the people who can can make the most most benefit to society with it. And I, and I think, you know, one thing that we've done with the seed fund is really identify opportunities um, and build these syndicates of investors around. So we've had, um, we've been lucky to have leverage on our dollars. So for every dollar we put in, we've gotten $12 additional investment um, from our syndicate partners um, with all these opportunities that um, show that there's, you know, a lot of interest around UVA technologies and the work that Josh's team does early on and the work that we do to um, put some diligence into understanding this, these uh, opportunities as investments um, have really helped these opportunities grow um, and move forward. Okay, great. So how do you decide what investments are right for the seed fund? Yeah, so it's uh, a whole team of us. Um, we have a managing director at the seed fund, uh, Bob Creeden, who's um, had over 25 years of experience in early stage investing and, and starting companies in Boston um, before coming down to Virginia to lead the, the seed fund here. Um, we also have an investment committee um, made of uh, UVA alums who help us um, you know, give feedback on the diligence and the, and the work we do looking into any of these opportunities. And um, they help, help us look at um, what, what networks and, and what resources we can bring to bear on these early stage UVA startup companies. Um, and so they're extremely valuable in giving us feedback um, in trying to decide, you know, which opportunities are right for the fund. Um, it, it's not always this, the case something that we look at as a great opportunity can also be a great investment. Um, sometimes we're maybe not the right fit as the best investor, but in those opportunities, we um, tend to be able to find connections within our network who might be the right investor for that particular opportunity, um, working with you know connections we have through our investment committee or connections here in the Charlottesville um, ecosystem that you know, we're hoping to help continue to build and, and push forward as uh, we have these companies come um, come to us looking for investment. Okay, great. And finally, what happens after the seed fund uh, makes an investment? Yeah, so the, the work is definitely not done once the investment goes in. That's it's almost when the work work really starts. Um, we we typically are a very active investor in most of our companies. So with um, with our investment, we will take a board seat on the company or we'll be an observer on the board. And so what that means is when these companies begin to get down to the work of, you know, pushing forward on the continued research and development they have or um, going through the regulatory process, if it's, you know, something like a therapeutic or medical device, you know, we can sit there um, in those conversations and, and help bring the resources that we have within our network um, to to, to bear on those conversations to help get the most out of, you know, what potentially is, is ahead of these companies. You know, oftentimes they're 
experienced owners coming to us, but sometimes they're they're founding teams that haven't been through this before. And so that's where we pull on the the connections that we have um, in order to bring the right group of advisors um, and uh, mentors to any of these companies that um, that we can do. Um, we also have a, a course at Darden that um, Bob Creeden helps run. And so there's a group of uh, Darden graduate students that get a um, experiential learning experience with us. Uh, and so they get to contribute to the research that we do in the diligence process, um, but they also get hands-on experience with um, the process that we have helping our portfolio companies. And so sometimes that can be um, a great resource that we have. Um, in addition, we have an entrepreneur in residence program. So uh, sometimes that comes in before the investment goes in where the entrepreneur in residence will um, take up with the, the founding team that's coming to us with the new startup. Um, and they can be a, a support those, those founders or sometimes they can join that team. Um, had a couple uh, scenarios where uh, UVA startups have been formed with an entrepreneur in residence as the, as the CEO. Um, and sometimes they're they're just entrepreneurs that are you know in our network and they can you know help mentor or help bring out their connections to the um, portfolio companies that we have. So we really we we hope to to be this sort of uh, drive this network effect here in in the Charlottesville ecosystem where it's not only our dollars going into these companies but it's also the, the range of regulatory experts, um, market experts in any particular area that um, we can help help companies, you know, achieve their milestones and, and their, their goals. Because ultimately what we want to do is, you know, not only get a financial reward at the end of, you know, our investment, but but also really see that, you know, what we're doing is making an impact in, you know, as, as John mentioned pri previously, um, into human health or into the human condition. So, you know, we've been fortunate um, a year ago, we had an exit with one of our portfolio companies, um, 510 Cardiac Devices. Um, they were a company that we had invested in and were sold to uh, a larger strategic um, called Keystone Heart. And a few months after that sale went through, um, in addition to getting you know, our investment dollars back plus a return, we were able to find out that the, the device that they're working towards getting approval had gotten approved. And so now that's out in the marketplace. So you know, that's really what we're looking for is to get you know, stories like that where you know, these devices, these discoveries are out in the marketplace you know, changing patients' lives, you know, helping physicians or clinicians, you know, do their work um, or help solving important problems in society. And so you know, I think that's one of the great things that, you know, we've had at the Seed Fund is success stories like that, um, where, where this process is working. And, and you know, I think we're, we're lucky that UVA leadership has also approved sort of a second fund to continue this momentum and continue the work that we've had, um, you know, getting UVA startups uh, on a good road to success. Great, thank you so much, uh, Josh and Matt, for sharing all this information um, regarding UVA's Licensing and Ventures Group. I'm sure that our alumni and friends at the university will appreciate learning more about your work and the ventures and investments that you are all working on. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much. And thank you for listening for upcoming podcasts and other lifetime learning programming, recordings, and blogs. 
please visit our website at alumni.virginia.edu backslash learn. You can also find our podcasts and other recordings on Spotify. Search for the UVA Lifetime Learning Channel. So thanks again, and we look forward to you taking part in future Lifetime Learning programs.